You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And today we're going to talk about really kind of hopefully filtering some of the noise. And uh, I like to say, you know, translating the geek speak, but also really kind of breaking down and understanding some of the things that we kind of mention on the podcast and we talk a lot about, but really what do they mean? And kind of taking a deep diver because we're in a gray area. And like, this is something for me that has always worried me. It's, you know, one that I've said for a while that I was always bothered when people do something or say something as if it, it is all encompassing, right? And I think it's important for us to be very careful with the words we use and, and especially those that are influential in this space, how we talk about certain things that are happening, both inside of the NFT community, and then also outside of the NFT community as far as education and, and kind of mass adoption. So with that being said, we're going to talk about you know rug pulls versus FUD versus, well, really just projects that, that suck, that aren't very good. And it's very easy for us to kind of loop all of these things into one, but that it's, it's an important thing to kind of separate the two and kind of understand where they're all going. Um, with that being said, a project that is definitely not a rug pull or FUD or uh, a project I've been waiting for to come out. And we actually minted it today for Mint 365. And I have no affiliation with this uh, project. No project has ever given me uh, the project for free or given me money to talk about a project. I just talk about the great people that are doing great things. And that the one that I wanted to mention today is Women Tribe. And so Women Tribe is doing a, uh, a pre-sale, I believe, for uh, almost four days. And then they're going to open it up for their public sale. And so we minted three of them today for the, the our, our collection, one for Mint 365, and then two that I minted uh, personally. And so if you, I think a great resource for those that are, are new, but also those that want to see a variety of projects, make sure you check out nft365podcast.com slash mint365. You can actually look at all of the projects that we've bought every day of the year. We update it every single day. As soon as we we, uh, we buy into a project for that day, it's updated on the website. So you can kind of take a, a sneak peek of everything that is going on in that project. Now, with that being said, when I'm doing research and we're doing research you know, with those that are in our Discord, those that are in our community, on these different projects, we have like a, a massive list. I mean, a massive list of the things that we are looking at. Everything from how much can we learn about the founders? Is the team doxxed? You know, um, who are the advisors and partners with the project? What is the type of project that it's actually deploying, right? Like, what is the actual use case? What is what I like to say the projected utility and real utility and roadmap and the energy and the hype and the vibes and all of those things? But here's the thing. Even after doing all of this research, we could still fall for a rug pull or we could still allow FUD 
to influence our decision on a project. Yep, that's right. Like, no matter how much research you're doing, no matter how much data you're doing, we are all human and we all, you know, react or interact or are influenced based on a series of different, you know, emotional things that can be, be triggered, um, time of day, understanding, you know, some of the nuances in this space. And so this is really where I wanted to take this episode. And, and most of you know my mantra of we are greater than me. And I'm a big believer that together we can really make an impact and, and take you know, this NFT community, the next level. It's also a place for us to really, you know, you know, extend what is possible in technology and innovation, but not everybody believes in we is greater than me. And I've say this all the time. It's actually a sign that is right over my, my, my shoulder. Uh, you can't fix stupid. You can't stop bad people from doing bad things. And no technology has ever prevented either one of them, stupid or bad people from doing bad things. And so there are people that will that will kind of set up these rug pulls, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna define the rug pull, the fud, and then they're just the crappy projects, and then I'm gonna give you kind of a, a little acronym that I like to play into that goes deeper inside of do your own damn research. But from the standpoint of a rug pull, right? A rug pull it all comes down to the intent. A rug pull means that it is a money grab, that these are scam artists, that their entire mission from the, the start of the project, the whole reason that they're creating it is not to deliver on anything that they're promising, but it's really just to get your money. And, and sometimes that happens during the mint phase. Sometimes that happens pre-art reveal. Sometimes that happens even after the art reveal because they want to, you know, they get greedy and they really want to kind of like maximize what they can possibly get from us. Now, with that being said, a rug pull doesn't have to actually, not all rug pulls look the same, right? Some of them are very elaborate, right? I, I, I will say this, like the rug pull that happened this week, you know, I, we've, you know, through some research, you know, they've spent over $2 million on like the website, the marketing, the art, paying influencers, all of these things so that they could manipulate them. And they have a, uh, a Dutch auction, which if, they, if it's sold out on the Dutch auction side, it would net them $32 million. So for them, putting up $2 million up front, of course, made a lot of sense because if they, if they were able to manipulate the way that they, they planned on doing so, it would net them a profit of $32 million. And so that, of course, is going to bring you know, a lot of attention. Now, the opposite is also the case, where some projects simply go on to Fiverr they pay someone to do a piece of art. They put up a really crappy landing page. They put out some Twitter followers. You know, they buy some Twitter followers. They hopefully kind of join the conversation. And then they drop their mint because even for them, if they steal $50,000, $60,000, um, for them, it's worth it, right? And so, like, rug pulls can kind of come in all shapes or sizes. And what's important for us to realize is that it's about that intent, right? And it's a difference between a project that like loses its its uh, moral compass or loses its its momentum and kind of gives up that's not really the same rug pull conversation that we are having when it's a money grab and and I'm not saying that one is better than the other now the term fud f u d which stands for fear uncertainty and doubt so fud can be delivered in many different forms and fashion it often can be delivered by simply sharing data about a project or about a creator or about a platform that is skewed 
in breaking them down, of making them sound, you know, of, 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 you know, of hopefully invoking the fear in the community so they don't buy them. Now, the intent behind FUD um, comes in a bunch of different formats, right? Because someone might be FUDing something because they want to misinform people, right? Because their goal is that they, the more confusion, maybe the less people to buy the project, and then it gives them more opportunity to buy more of them at the lower price, right? Some people are, are spreading FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, because they, they're actually mis- maliciously trying to stop a project or, you know, they, they don't want this project to succeed, so they're going to, you know, mi- you know, share misinformation or manipulate what's out there. The other part of this, which is, I think, one of those areas we have to be very careful on, is that there is also people that are spreading FUD because they're like on a personal ego trip. And in some cases, there are people that are haters of Web3, haters of NFTs, haters of crypto. And their goal and mission for sharing misinformation or only a snapshot of information is to cause dis- you know, disruption and dismay to make themselves look smarter. And, I, and we have to be very, very careful with these different types of FUD and, and like the way that they're spread. Now, I will say... One of the accounts that has got a lot of love recently is the NFT ethics account, right? So NFT ethics account has been exposing some of the, um, the, the rug pulls and, and they're doing a lot of research. And they, you know, they, for the squiggles one, they provided like a 12 page research document. Now here's the beauty of that is I love that there are people looking out for others. I have a little bit of a problem with the fact that the NFT ethics account is not undocks themselves. So we don't even know who are the people behind that account. So like, what is their intention for them, you know, on mint day for some of these projects, putting out this information. Now me, I would love to believe that their intention is to protect the community. I'm one that like always defaults to uh, believing in the good in humanity and the good in people. But I'm also one that would not be surprised that there are people that are, doing research and exposing a lot of these other projects to make their projects higher or so that they can release a project, you know, very soon after to capitalize on that, like, you know, social credibility that they, that they just kind of gained or managed. And then of course the third one that I said I wanted to break down were just bad projects. And really, you know, if you'll notice, I'm talking about the intent of these three different elements, right? The intent of a rug pull, the intent of, a, of FUD, and then the intent of bad NFT projects, right? And so a lot of these NFT projects, let's just face it, they're outside of their depth. They're, they're not startup founders. They've never run a team before. They've never been in this, this type of arena. And yet they're making claims uh, you know, that, they're, you know, that their ass can't cash, right? They are, they're, they're ultimately setting themselves up for failure, but they're getting the money up front and then in many cases, they kind of just don't deliver, don't deliver, and they try to, to, you know, disappear into, you know, whatever. They change their names, you know, undocks. And so this also comes in to account when there's a, a crisis or a problem, right? A lot of the NFT projects, in my opinion, they, do, they forget the importance of education, and they don't have any crisis management um, you know, set up anything. How, how do we handle if our discord gets hacked? How do we handle if people um, expose a vulnerability in our contract? How do we handle if that we have to change something in our roadmap and it really upsets our user base? And what happens is a lot of people feel that pressure and they're like, well, I already got their money. 
and they can't trace it down to me, I'm just going to, I'm going to step away with that money. Right. And so I look at all three of these as things that we have to be very aware of. And we have to kind of take into account when it comes to, you know, understanding this arena, but this is also where it comes into understanding like white hats versus black hats, which is kind of a hacker term of like, of those that are hacking and, and exposing vulnerabilities for the greater good, right? So that they can, you know, expose them so people can, can um, patch that hole, right? Versus those that are exposing it for their own agenda, right? It's, it's the idea that like, you know, someone could be, you know, someone breaks into your house, they break into your house and then call you and say, hey, you should have security cameras because your back door is vulnerable and I was able to break in versus someone that breaks into your house and steals all your crap, right? And so one of those things that we have to just recognize is that even in people, even me, right? Like I, I would challenge everyone, do your research on me, on understanding what, you know, if I'm talking about something or I'm exposing something, what is my intent? What is the reason I'm sharing this? And I will tell you, every single time I read a tweet or I, I, a blog or even like a, a TikTok video where someone is giving information or giving advice, the first thing that goes into my head is, what is their intent for sharing this? If people are telling you, I'm going to teach you how to take $300 into $100,000 and they're doing it in their spare bedroom of their parents' house, more than likely they're full of crap, right? Because they can't, if they actually did that, they probably wouldn't be living in their parents' basement, right? And so we have to kind of like identify that. We also have to recognize that if it sounds too good, right? If people are giving you the magic recipe for all of these things, why aren't they doing it themselves? And if they've already done it themselves, Shouldn't they be able to have the receipts to prove that, right? And, and the beauty of the blockchain, the beauty of, of you know, transparency in this entire arena is the idea that those receipts should be very easy for us to garner. I will tell everyone here, I, I actually share my wallet directly into our Discord. You can see everything we mint, everything we sell in our, you know, fully transparent. I want you to see every interaction in, every interaction out. I want, I want you to be able to do your own damn research. Now, with that in mind, doing your own damn research, which is our play on just do your own research, because I'm press the damn button and, and I'm a big believer in those that are taking action, Funny enough, doing your own research and doing it in a way that is either not beneficial for you or in a way that is influenced by the FUD or the haters or the media can actually be one of the biggest problems. And I, I know this sounds kind of funny, but here's, here's something that I'm realizing right now with a lot of people that are reaching out to me. They're doing research, but they're researching things not in the wrong way, because it's not right or wrong, but they're not researching things to give them enough of an understanding of what's going on to actually make the right decision, right? Doing research for research's sake is ridiculous. Doing research without understanding your own definition of success or having your goals is also something that's not really beneficial. And then the last thing is getting access to data without context can be very detrimental in this space. What I mean by that is I can, anybody's wallet, anybody that buys an NFT, I can take their wallet, I can put it into a tool that I have, and then I can see everything they buy from then on. It'll pop up and say, such and such, you know, bought this NFT. If I'm going to make my, if I'm going to make decisions based on this data point, 
how do I know why they're buying that NFT, right? Like maybe little do I know, it could be their best friend, um, you know, is launching this project that they plan on making no money on, but they just want to support it. So someone bought that NFT. So if you're using that data to, to actually make your decisions to, to, to act on, then you're going to make bad decisions, right? Because like bad input will equal bad output. And input that has no real like direction equals, you know, the shotgun approach um, on the output as well. And so I'm going to kind of walk down this like do your own uh, damn research real quick to kind of give you like some of these things to think about. The One of the things that I always like to say is like I'm trying to determine like the number one thing I'm trying to determine when I'm researching an NFT project is how much do I trust the founders and the team and the community that they're going to deliver on what they're delivering and what they say is actually true. And so one of the questions I often ask myself is, do they care? Do the founders truly care about all of the things that they have going on or are they checking a bunch of check boxes, right? And so it's a question you have to ask yourself, even with the people that you're following on, on Twitter or the discords that you're jumping into, do they care about me or do they only care about themselves, right? Do they care about the greater we or do they care about only the we? All right, so we're going to work our way down there. So from do they care to why do they care or why do you, you care about a project? What I mean by that is there are certain things we have to identify about our NFT project that will determine the things that we should research, right? Like if you love the art, then you have to, you have to, to weigh the fact that you love the art over some of the other things. But you also have to recognize, no matter how much I love the art, if these three things that I research are not uh, up to my standard, no matter how much I love the art, it's not worth me jumping in, right? And so I, I like to ask myself even, like, why do I care about this project? We, we minted two of uh, Steve Aoki's uh, NFTs today. And for me, I did a little bit re less research on that project which is a little scary because a lot of these celebrity-driven, um, you know, famous projects haven't been very successful. But I will tell you, part of the reason I care is because Mac, who is a friend, is one of the advisors and one of the, the people supporting um, that project. And I know how much she values and, and does the due diligence on a project so that for me, it was like, hey, I care about the project because hey, I think Steve Aoki has an amazing brand and he cares about his community. And I care about it because the people that he has advising him are people that I trust. Therefore, I don't have to really factor in some of the other research that I, I might normally have to factor in there. The third one, so we, are, we went from the D to the Y to the O in do your own damn research. The O is own your actions. I think in this space, it's very easy for us to blame the FUD and blame the rug pulls. And yes, it is, it is very frustrating and very, you feel as though you're violated when you are scammed out of something or someone steals your money. And I am not making an excuse for that. But we also have to recognize that if we didn't do the right research, if we didn't check all the right boxes and we were looking for a shortcut or we were looking for you know, a quick win and we were, we were scammed, it's not the NFT's fault. It's not the blockchain's fault. It's your own fault. And I think with owning your actions, it also means owning the amount of time you're going to commit to projects, owning the amount of value that you're going to manufacture from the projects that you are involved in. All right. And then the last two here, we have uh, define success and then remember we're all human. Defining success to me is still 
one of the things I think almost everyone probably listening to this podcast still overlooks. What I mean by that is before you buy your next NFT, I want you to write down success for me with buying this NFT is, and then fill that out. Now it, it can be monetary. It could be, um, you know, the community. It could be what you're going to learn. It could be the network that you're going to get out of it. But I want you to write down what success of each NFT project is prior to you actually purchasing it. And the reason that's important is that when we have these like dips where the, the, the floor prices dip or a project takes a long while for it to, to deploy its utility or its roadmap, it can be very frustrating. It can be very upsetting. But if you look back at your success and if your success metric is, I want to hold this project for 12 months because I believe in the founders and I believe they're going to create something amazing. When you get frustrated six months in that some things aren't happening, it allows you to recenter yourself and re- like, hey, I wasn't looking for six months, six months in to double or triple my money. I'm looking at this from a longer picture. And so that's a big one. And then the last one here is remember that we're all human. We have to give each other grace. You know, there are people that have, there are influencers that have been manipulated into supporting a project that ended up being a rug pull. And if they do that once and they're transparent and they own it, I am 100% for giving them forgiveness. If they do it twice, now I'm going to question and have my guard up. They do it a third time, you know, hey, that's on them. And I'm going to, you know, mute, unfollow, block. But we have to remember, I mean, no matter how much research you do, no matter all the due diligence that is possible, no matter all of the people that you surround yourself, we still have the opportunity as humans to make mistakes, to, to maybe overlook a couple things. Or let's face it, some of these rug pulls, some of these people spreading FUD are really, really smart and really good at what they do. And so what I want you to remember for everyone that's watching and listening to this is remember that if you do fall for these or these things happen to you or you walk into these scenarios, just know that you aren't alone, that it happens to almost all of us, which I hope we can prevent from having to say that in the future, but also just make sure that you're learning from what you did and not making that same exact mistake again. And in some cases, we're going to make the same mistake more than once. I've said this before, you know, I sent... Uh, you know, $12,000 worth of, of, of a coin to a wallet that wasn't a wallet that accepted that type of coin. And I lost that currency. And I was really frustrated. And you know what I did? As I said, you know what, before I make any big transaction now, I'm going to send a test amount before I send, I send just to make sure that I have the right wallet and things are sent out. Well, guess what happened this week? I was in a rush. I was on my phone and I was like, ah, I'm not going to send the test amount out. I'm just going to send, I'm going to, I'm screw send the test amount. I'm just going to transfer this money over. I need to make sure that my, this purchase, what happened? I put in the wrong wallet and it sent the, the crypto to the wrong wallet again. Yeah. I made the exact same mistake and who's to blame me. Now the good news on this time was I sent it to another wallet that I currently own, but I'd still, it didn't go to the wallet that I needed and it ended up costing me about $80 US because I had to transfer it back and then I had to pay, pay another fee to transfer it into the wallet that, um, that it was supposed to go. So we have to remember that we're all human and these things kind of happen. Lastly, you know, the blockchain doesn't lie. And I'm a big believer in the power here in like, what is the research that I'm doing? My research is to determine how trustworthy a project is. The beauty of that is that transparency 
is is not only essential in the blockchain, but is one of the critical value propositions of why the blockchain is powerful. But as the great Dalai Lama says, a lack of transparency results in distrust and a deep sense of insecurity. So what I mean by that is, if you are not doxxed, if you are using an alias, if you are not letting people know what your LinkedIn profile is or letting them know what your real name is or using your real voice on Twitter spaces, that lack of transparency is going to result in a distrust and a deep sense of insecurity. Now, you can overcome that in some cases, but in other cases, it's going to be something that is no longer accepted in this space. Now, lastly, I will say this is something that I've said for a long while. It's like a soapbox of mine. That when we think about transparency, people are like, oh, Brian, you know what? Everyone should just be transparent. Here's the thing. I always say, if you suck offline, you're going to suck off online. I don't care how transparent you are. If you're transparently exposing that you're a horrible human, all that it does is it allows us to determine that you're a horrible human faster. So the question we have to ask is like, what is the role of transparency? And here's my definition of it, is that transparency does not guarantee trust. What it does is it simply gives others a window into deciding if you are trustworthy. So the more transparent you can be, the greater that window is for someone to determine your trustworthiness. But just because you are transparent does not mean people are going to trust you. And there is a massive difference between transparency and oversharing. And one of the things that I like to say, which kind of connects to this quote, is transparency is giving people a window into seeing who you are and what you're about. Oversharing is throwing in people's faces what you ate for lunch, you know, the fact that you have to go to the bathroom, whatever that may be, the fact you're, you're tweeting from the toilet, that is oversharing. And those two things, there's sometimes a gray line there, but it's important for us to kind of recognize that and own that in the greater good. So with all that being said, you know, I do believe it's important for us to recognize the difference between a rug pull and a crappy project. We also have to recognize that that people could be spreading FUD by, by exposing other projects. And then the people could also be spreading FUD without even realizing what they're doing. And I think more so than anything else, I'm just such a bullish believer in transparency and owning the things that we're doing and owning the environment that we're creating. And so, you know, I, I want to say thank everybody that supports the podcast. Those that are, you know, we are super powered by the ADHD coin over on Rally. If you just go to ADHDcoin.com, you can get yourself some coin, jump into our Discord, you get access to giveaways, whitelists, um, airdrops, um, lots of fun things going there. Also some really great conversations happening in our community. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone supporting the show. We have a, we have a new sponsor coming on um, in the next couple of days. There'll be a sponsor of the podcast. Super excited for the upcoming uh, couple guest episodes that we have. Uh, we have some really cool guests in the works. Um, we have Brooke Lacey, who will be on tomorrow's uh, episode. And then upcoming episode, we will sit down with Ty Lopez. Ty Lopez will be joining us uh, on the podcast as well. So some great guests, some great projects, some great you know collaborations in the works. Uh, but most of all, I want to say all of you for thank you for being great. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it in your Discord, for amplifying it. And if you have the opportunity and you're getting value from this, please leave us a review over there on Apple or five stars on Spotify. We would greatly appreciate it. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a good one.
Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own 